Okay, so today we are joined by Dusan Vemic. He is the Serbian Davis Cup coach and Olympic coach. He was a member of Novak Djokovic's team for years, a multiple-time Grand Slam semifinalist in doubles, former coach of the Bryan brothers, Andrea Petkovic, Filip Krajinovic, worked with Milos Raonic. Dusan, how are you doing today? And did I miss anyone on that pretty long list of people you've worked with? Um, yeah, I think not, but but probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some, sometimes uh, directly I was coaching those guys that you mentioned but mm-hmm. a lot of my friends um, uh, I'm not I, I, I haven't been official coach but a lot of times uh, older brother friends and right. mentor right yeah so Obviously, you are a Serbian Davis Cup head coach, which is Serbian tennis is in a great spot right now, obviously just won the ATP Cup. Do you think that this is the best Serbian tennis has ever been overall? I believe so, yes, mm-hmm. uh, as, in, as in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, our girls are not uh, as, right. you know, uh, they're not in, in their peak as, right. as uh, in late um, 2000s mm-hmm. uh, had two girls you know top three in the world right. uh, Jelena Jankovic and Ana Ivanovic mm-hmm. uh, and um, we haven't had that success in a, in a girls tennis mm-hmm. female tennis mm-hmm. but um, in men's tennis we have never had the, this many people in you know top 100 right I and don't, I don't believe yeah, and I think that that shows. And I mean, like last year's Davis Cup team, you guys didn't even get to have, I don't believe, Laszlo Jerry and Miramir Kekmanovic on the team, who are two really good young players. So have you had the chance to work with those two, even though they weren't participating on the team? And I mean, what's it like seeing that younger generation come up, having probably grown up watching Djokovic and watching all these guys? How do you feel like that's affected them? Oh, definitely. And I mean... <clears throat> That the Davis Cup setup, uh, the team setup is mm-hmm. very unique. Mm-hmm. Anyways, even even with these changes, it still is unique yeah. because um, those younger ones get a chance to to kind of pick brains uh, mm-hmm. of of those top guys, mm-hmm. uh, Novak uh, particularly, mm-hmm. and he is one of those guys that loves to share uh, his experience. Right. He loves to make uh, help younger generations and if they have doubts and he always asks them uh, tells them to reach out if if they have any questions mm-hmm. or you know they're trying to pick uh, which which direction to take mm-hmm. and that def- definitely helps then hitting with those guys uh, uh immediately you understand you know you're kind of there mm-hmm. uh, those nuances uh, make a difference uh i uh, they can so they they know they have to work on things and they have to be consistent and you know uh, the the work ethic that um, that Novak and and those other guys have uh, definitely uh, show show those younger ones uh, the right path mm-hmm. in in order to to succeed to succeed as athletes. Well, and even the other day, there was a video of him back in Serbia playing just in the streets with some kids. And now you have a guy like Kekmanovic, who's only 20, who actually grew up, I would assume, watching Djokovic. How do you think that going forward with people that are kids right now, having such a prominent role model and one of the greatest in the sports ever, how is that going to change Serbian tennis? Well, uh, as you as you mentioned, this is the the, the best era that, that Serbian tennis had, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, so it is it is it is changing. He is changing uh, 
that youth in Serbia on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just he's, he's just wonderful and very humble guy. Yeah. Um, the, you know, and we're really all of us are really proud to have him. Mm-hmm. And uh, those, those young, young, uh, young boys, young athletes, uh, you know, in tennis uh, and other other big sports that we're good at mm-hmm. would be basketball or mm-hmm. or or water polo or soccer or volleyball. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they all have all of those guys. Uh, we have very good uh, structure in uh, at, uh, with with young athletes in in this uh, like so tennis school and all those other schools are very good and mm-hmm. uh, everybody focuses on fundamentals and um, at the end of the day when push comes to shove um, you you focusing on yourself and and what you can do and how to start a point uh, correctly right. Uh, eventually makes a difference so now that we're in this era where serbian tennis is at an all-time high you are from a different era you obviously you're the same age as nanad zimonic who is the greatest serbian doubles player ever and actually with whom you have formed the winningest doubles pair in serbian davis cup history which is a nice thing to have on the resume but how did the national infrastructure in serbian tennis compare when you guys were juniors to now that these kids are growing up um, this, the setup is different, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit different than, than before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we had, we have back home, uh, actually, I wouldn't know right now, like as, as, as of lately, right. I haven't spent that much time, uh, uh back, back home, mm-hmm. uh, as I've been traveling, you know, 35 plus weeks a right. year for like 25 years. Right. And then, and, and, but I can tell you myself growing up in the in in tennis uh, in late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. um, we had a pretty simple setup it's um, um clubs had the had free tennis school mm-hmm. um, uh, for for three months of the year right um two and a half like 10 weeks 10 weeks of free training i think uh, it was twice twice a week mm-hmm. and anybody and everybody that would like to try tennis would, would come and kind of have fun with with the other kids and yeah. try to learn about tennis and uh, all of the coaches were really uh, they would really pay attention who out of all those let's say in, in my club uh, when I tr- uh, started uh, in, it's a tennis club partisan mm-hmm. we had 350 kids in that group where I started. Wow. When I started. <laughs> wow. And inevitably, out of those 350 kids, there will be at least five there. A good eye of a, of a experienced coach can tell mm-hmm. that there is a, there is something special that uh, that kid can uh, possibly um, use in the future and, and excel as, as a tennis player. So, right. and then... So all of those that they would be picked to, for the next group, for like a higher group and then higher group, higher group, would have a free equipment for like free one or two rackets mm-hmm. and then free time, free coaching. Um, and, you know, eventually that, that makes a big difference. Everybody is very appreciative and humble and they really like to to be in that, that little uh, special group mm-hmm. of kids uh, and then then 
it kind of it kind of goes in, the, in that wave uh, moving forward. Right. So we never necessarily felt the pressure. We felt that was just a part of it when we had to prove ourselves. Um, all of us would always um, really look uh, look forward to compete, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully uh, our best was was good enough. Mm-hmm. And so there were a couple of couple of good good kids at that time, and uh, Nana obviously Nana Zimovic. He actually was one of the best uh, junior players in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, obviously. The, uh, doubles player uh, we grew up uh, playing um, you know four, 14 12 14 16 18s right. together and started on a satellite tour which is now futures mm-hmm. um and uh, then challenger tour we played a little a little bit on on the tour and of course davis cup um then he picked up uh, his doubles doubles career and uh, focused on it very early right uh, while I tried to be a, you know, try to live that that tennis dream, and I, I really enjoyed it. I was really kind of a journeyman and mm-hmm. enjoyed every moment of it. Um, and I would say because of the fact that I didn't necessarily have a touring coach, mm-hmm. um, many many occasions I had to figure things out on my own. Right. During the match, uh, changing tactics, uh, changing approach uh, to, to the match, and. I was many off very often. I was able to, you know, come out of that slump and 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 and, and win ma- the, the match that was kind of going south. Right. So, do you feel like it was a natural transition for you from player to coach because of that? Because you basically, I mean, right after you stopped playing, basically you're helping out with Djokovic, and then within a couple of years, you're Davis Cup coach. So, was that something that you always planned on doing? Um. I can I can start with the with a simple fact that a lot of athletes, professional athletes, um, have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, some have more, some have less talent in sharing it. Mm-hmm. I always felt the uh, first of all passion to share my uh, what I know or help a, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine. And right. uh, so I feel that transition came very, very naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I had kind of had the. I, I was about I was about to uh, finish in 2010, but but uh, but I started season very well with the semifinals of Australia in doubles. Right. So I, that kind of carried me um, a little longer than I probably should have played, mm-hmm. but still. Um, um, it was, uh, it was the right, almost perfect timing that I stopped. I didn't kind of drag my my career mm-hmm. as as towards the end. I only played doubles, mm-hmm. uh, and I unfortunately did not enjoy it as much as playing singles. Really, it's just a little bit of a different dynamics, and um, for the fact that it, it's not uh, not everything depends on you. Uh, you know, sometimes you play a tournament because um, very often I was on a cusp of, of getting in or not. Mm-hmm. Then you maybe sometimes pick a partner that you wouldn't necessarily play with. Right. And that sometimes takes that takes away from enjoyment uh-huh. of, uh, of the of the game. And um, eventually, I did the, I did stop uh, year of playing 2011. I helped Novak in. Uh, 
um, Indian Wells and US Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, uh, started with um, Andrea Petkovic, mm-hmm. and uh, it really kind of came very easy with the with a colleague of mine now, uh, Petar Popovic, who, who coached her mm-hmm. very successfully for in a couple of occasions, couple of uh, couple of seasons, bringing her top ten. Mm-hmm. I felt I had a, at least a little bit of. Um, input in that that success and right. i was really happy for it and then and, and stayed great friends with her and and coached her uh recently mm-hmm. uh, and uh, of course uh, spending time in noak and being part of that coaching team as an assistant coach to to ex- very very experienced uh, marian vaida and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, an extremely good fitness coach uh, gebhard uh, grich and uh Milian, so, the 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 physio Milian Amaro is the physiotherapist. You, you kind of you just uh, being exposed to to that kind of environment, mm-hmm. the champion environment, it just just helped me tremendously. So obviously, you come on to Djokovic's team. In, I mean, what I think you could argue is one of like the five greatest seasons ever in 2011. Um, what did you see that sort of took him to that next level where he went from being, you know, number three for basically four straight years to being the best and it wasn't even close. And also, how did your relationship with Novak get to the point where he was, you were a guy that he trusted? Because I know that he said that you're like family, you were an older junior back in Serbia, but you know, you were very prominent nationally. So how did that relationship develop overall? Um, uh, well, we're both from the same uh, tennis club, mm-hmm. kind of growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember him since um, I was, uh, I guess, seventeen. He was six. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was coached by the by late uh, Jelena Gencic, uh, his favorite coach growing up, mm-hmm. and one that he gives probably most of the credit teaching him uh, uh, basics of tennis and mm-hmm. uh, and helping him uh, really love love the sport of tennis. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we had that one first win. He he started playing in in uh, in in our club, mm-hmm. Partisan. Um, we just by accident had the same uh, same schedule, you know, the mm-hmm. same weekly schedule. And I think there were like twice twice or three times a week. Uh, we played at the same time, just mm-hmm. court next to each other. And mm-hmm. and every now and then I would come to him and ask him how he's you know how he's doing because he really looked at that like that little prod- prodigy, yeah. super focused, <laughs> almost like. 50 years old at, at that young age, uh, being very eloquent and very, had, I would say, had very clear vision what he needs to do, what mm-hmm. he wants to do, and how to behave um, and prepare in order to achieve it. And he has not changed. Um, he, he has not changed ever since. Yeah. And and so um, as as years went by, he was still a great junior, 14, 15. I was a Davis Cup. I was one and two in in in, in Serbia mm-hmm. at that time, Yugoslavia, and we had hitting partners. And a couple of times, uh, Novak was a hitting partner uh, to us, and we would always talk and mm-hmm. I would share my thoughts with him. Um, later on, um, uh, he was he he started playing. Uh, I was my career was winding down. Then he became great player. Um, then I transitioned into a 
Davis Cup coach in 2013. Mm-hmm. I could have started a little earlier, but um, it just, you know, it, w- it just wasn't there. It was like tw- 2010 right. already. I was I was for three years. I was number five player mm-hmm. uh, as a. I was great doubles doubles player. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty decent singles in, in that that moment, but there was Novak um, right. number three in the world. We had the Tip Saric, number right. eight in the world, Tradeskip uh, twelve in the world, and no, uh, Nena Simonic number one in doubles. So mm-hmm. there was it was not enough, um, <laughs> you know, spots uh, on the team. As right. now we have five, right? Right. In Davis Cup, uh, but I was, you know, just uh, being a part of that, and you know, being a part of that Davis Cup family, and us being basically brothers in arms, and. Um, it, it, it was a, a special feeling, but then um, being there, ha, uh, being a person that uh, one of those boys can trust in in, in big moments, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just also builds up your confidence and uh, belief that you really have what it takes to 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 make that difference in in those huge uh, clutch moments um, when when they they create those. Uh, uh, career achievements, right? It, it's always very, very special. So, having known him for basically his entire life since he was six, coming into that 2011 season, did you expect that improvement to come? And what did you see from him that year that just you know took him to that next level? I, I would say it's. I mean, pretty much he was set for that. Mm-hmm. His mindset, his work work ethic, his um, mental capacity. Uh, excelling under pressure, mm-hmm. uh, bringing it every single day on, on practice, uh, on the match, mm-hmm. playing well, not playing so well. He was always present. Yeah, he always fought hard. And you know that two thousand already two thousand eight, seven, eight, nine, ten. He had great wins uh, against those uh, two famous right. uh, Federer and, and Nadal. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't able to kind of string it together and mm-hmm. i believe 2011 um probably 2010 11 he f- figured out what he his body needs most mm-hmm. in, in uh, i guess uh, food food intake um he had he i guess had a very um uh, sensitive stomach yeah and uh, when he just uh, excluded certain ingredients and suddenly was able to play on much higher level for much longer and um uh, plus the fact that he did now have another uh, 10 grand slams behind him and then uh, yeah. 30, 30 big matches. And suddenly things uh, as towards the end of 2010, things just kind of clicked for mm-hmm. him, you know? Right. And he was, but because of his personality, he's, he was able to basically duplicate that every single day, every single week, every single month. And he started really shaping himself as a champ to be a champion that he is today. Yeah. And there was a time briefly, I mean, obviously he is the player of the last decade, but he did drop off for, you know, really 2017, the first part of 2018. And now he's had this incredible comeback to where he's 16 and 0 this year. He's won five of the last seven slams. So from your perspective, what has been the turnaround there to where he looks now as dominant as ever? Uh, one thing is for sure uh, he kind of spoiled all of us in expecting only miracles right yeah Uh, because i mean it just all 
all all three of those guys are just unbelievable and, and yeah. if you take any any um uh, part of of the last century in tennis and and this i guess this century they're they're the ones dominating it but there has never been that many uh only three three people that would win over i, I would say over 85 percent of the grand slams mm-hmm. um so all of you know fortunate uh, probably because each of them was so special right they were able to bring the best out of each other and keep each other um, stimulated and in, into pushing them themselves even further and longer and now they're uh roger is turning turning 39 this year mm-hmm. uh, rafa 34 no 33 and they're still the best three players in the world right um the, um so and then you know for Novak, you know in, sometimes at that level or any level well uh, at that level injuries happen and then some some moments that you maybe don't have the same fire as you had or you just get mm-hmm. a little bit tired mm-hmm. of everything uh his life was uh, changing and um and has became a father, became a husband, became right. a father. Right. Uh, priorities obviously changed in that moment, and mm-hmm. he probably was in the in those moments in the search of finding who he is and finding what motivates him. And um, uh, now, finally, he did find uh, his his way, his sweet spot, and how much how many tournaments he should play, and, mm-hmm. and how many how much time he should spend with his family. Uh, spending in his um, philanthropic work, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's he's at a place that he's very content, and and he's he's able to bring the best out of himself on the tennis court, and uh, and is very very present uh, each and every match that uh, uh, as of last uh, I would say fifteen months. Right. Yeah. Well, it certainly seems like it from. An outside perspective for me too, um, but you haven't just worked with you know maybe the greatest singles player ever in Djokovic. You also there was a time where you coached the greatest doubles team ever, the Bryan brothers. So what would you say that was experience that experience was like for you? How did that come to be, and what did you get out of that? Uh, Bob and Mike, uh, great friends uh, of mine, we um, as they started on tour in uh, in late nineties, uh, mm-hmm. I would say. A little bit more serious. Uh, Ninety-seven, they started to play, and we played some singles, some battles against each other, singles and doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, I mean, we respected each other as, as athletes, as tennis players, and um, uh, we just had that interesting friendship. You know, sometimes you just like some people, right. and uh, we always uh, liked each other. Mm-hmm. And um, it just happened that one of the uh, I, I would say 2016, uh, 15, 16. Uh, Mike and I, as Mike, um, Mike Brown lived uh, in in LA at the time, and uh, we would spend some time talk about tennis and then play a couple of times, and mm-hmm. it just kind of organically came into them need it's a little bit of a, a change in the moment uh, for for I guess a little bit of a time to kind of reset. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe hearing things from different perspective that uh, 
they had in uh, David McPherson for so long and right. so successfully. Right. Um, I guess everybody in, in in their camp needed a little bit of a timeout. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very natural that you know they could have somebody they can relate to, rely on, and trust. And they had that in me, and that was um, that was very special, especially for me. I don't know how it was for them. But I really have enjoyed that uh, that time spent um, uh, making a difference uh, for for those two champions. Yeah. So looking at your playing career, I know you said earlier that you preferred singles, but you obviously had some great results in doubles, and you played with some great doubles partners. And when you look back at your doubles career, the two slam semis you you made in 2008 at the French with Bruno Soares, and then in 2010 at the Australian with Karlovich. Zimonich was right there in both of those. You played him with Karlovich, and then he was on the other side waiting in the finals when you were playing with Soros. So what was it like all those years later having your career intersect with, with Zimonich at that level? I mean, uh, Nana inevitably was uh, and is one of the, the greatest uh, doubles player, yeah. players of all time. Um, he had an unbelievable partner in, in Daniel Nestor who has... Uh, arguably, you know, the, the, the longest, uh, most successful career mm-hmm. in, in doubles, maybe not as, as many titles in Mike and Bob. Yeah. But definitely a very experienced guy and they, they, they clicked really, really well and um, probably played some of Nenad's, um best years. He finished with, with Nestor, if I recall. He finished number one in the world mm-hmm. uh, that, that one season. And um, uh, I mean, uh, he had a couple of great other great great players, great partners that he probably made them play even better because mm-hmm. he's um, an extraordinary player. Yeah, and um, it, it just it, it just you know we're always very very happy for our uh, colleagues, uh, yeah, our, then our our countrymen, mm-hmm. and and. Um, it's it's a it's a funny thing that that energy that positive energy uh, is um, is something that uh, in those uh, those Davis Cup setup it really you really share it mm-hmm. and uh, you obviously um, that transitions to to those those others that might not be in that great of a shape great of a mind state mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of kick starts their their seasons it happened many times at least in 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 serbian tennis that i that have that i've been involved in yeah so i talked about how the fact that you've played with some great doubles partners in your career and you really did you played with djokovic a few times you played with burdick karlovic troitsky safin tipsarevich who would you say was the best at doubles out of those guys who were primarily singles players and a lot of them really great singles players? I mean, <laughs> doubles is a very particular sport. It's in, at the end of the day, it's more about the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many great players. It's all about personal chemistry with that guy or a girl if you're playing mix or if you're, if you're a, a mm-hmm. female player. Right. And uh, because at the end of the day... Uh, as you know, doubles doubles game goes uh, even faster than singles. Yeah, and you want to have that that energy to carry you forward, and and under big moments, you want somebody that will you will feel would feel that supports you and, and trusts you. And, yeah, um, 
So it, I, it, I would be lying if I can, could really pick one guy. I, I can only tell you that Karlovic had the best serve. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, one of the questions that I had for you, speaking of serving, I mean, you hit one of the 20 fastest serves ever. You hit a 146-mile-an-hour serve. First of all, how did anyone try to return you and Karlovic when you guys played together? And second of all, just what does that feel like to hit a ball that hard? Uh, well, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> I, mean, I can start it with the fact that uh, with the thought or my opinion that I probably had more uh, or faster serves than I did have recorded because I only really? had two or three tournaments in my career that I was able to record right. the speed of my serve. Yeah. Um, be, well, that that. Uh, the tournament that I've recorded my fastest would be that 146 one where I played Andy Roddick. Mm-hmm. And as in, in that moment, he had the fastest uh, speed in, uh, you know, in a, in a game of tennis. Right. I just, uh, I, as I believe that I might have on a, you know, any given, on a given day, a bigger serve than him. Mm-hmm. It happened on, on, on that particular match. Yeah. I don't think it, it happened too ma- too often in his career as someone served. Yeah. yeah. Right. Unfortunately, he was a he was a better player. He beat me very easily <laughs> too. But I served like three or four miles quicker than him that day, and I was, you know, like I won. Yeah. Well, uh, and how, how is it to serve that? Um, I, I could say that um, I have to thank everything. Uh, to my dad, and because he has, um, that was the the shot that I really worked with him on, mm-hmm. um, as he was a javelin thrower and, and great athlete himself at his time, mm-hmm. and the uh, that mechanics and uh, using uh, using things in a in a proper sequence in in, in that serve, I, I would tell you that all of those big big serves. Um, you feel that you put in the least amount of effort. Yeah, as everything flows, mm-hmm. everything starts from the ground up, and then you know the sequence of uh, knees and hips and right. shoulders and elbows and you know e- extending into the ball uh, happens. It's very flawlessly, you know, very yeah. effortlessly. Yeah, and um, that's and I haven't. I, I have was probably known for for a big serve as like a power but i always i was probably more known known for the the variations that i had on my serve that would be mm-hmm. like a pitchers right like four excellent serves a very good kicker very right. good slice slice uh, slice wide or, mm-hmm. or slice body or any any of those i would be able to put in any spot on the court and there was more of my strength than as a as a server Mm-hmm. Uh, from the ground, I, I kind of missed on on um, in the beginning of of my uh, tennis career. Mm-hmm. I missed on some technical uh, things, and um, I was never able to really maximize the the athleticism mm-hmm. that I probably had. Do you feel like part of the reason that you were such a great doubles player was because? I mean, variety of your serve is always important, but it's especially important in doubles if you can pull a guy out wide. And it's not always the bomb in doubles that wins you the point. So do you feel like that was part of the big advantages for you in doubles versus singles? I would I would say so. As, as in doubles, 
as you're a, as you're a, you are a team, mm-hmm. um, you would always uh, rather set up a, a, a shot for right. your partner to put away, right? Than necessarily an ace, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I kind of I had that for for the time being that I played those couple of couple of seasons in doubles, mm-hmm. uh, and I realized that you know no matter what if I'm able to uh, hit the hit the the opponent into the body or or, or put it put the ball sl- uh, with a slice wide or a kicker away from him mm-hmm. uh, and always kept the, the opponents on their toes and never knowing never being comfortable with return right um i think that was there was more of a success um kind of recipe mm-hmm. so to speak right so one more thing about your doubles career. I mean, you played with not just those great singles players. You played with some great doubles players. There were a couple stretches where, like, I think you would say Jamie Murray was, you know, you played a few tournaments with him. Bruno Soares was your partner for a stretch. And those two ended up pairing up together and becoming the number one doubles team in the world. What was it like playing with those guys? And did you ever expect them to reach those heights? I mean, as I told you before, um, it's about chemistry. Yeah. Um, I had great time with both both of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little more chemistry with Bruno on the court, mm-hmm. or it was like sometimes it, it was just the timing because both are, are great, uh, great human beings and yeah. great athletes. Yeah. Uh, and then two of them uh, end up, uh, I guess, um, excelling or peaking at the right time, mm-hmm. and plus their games. Uh, their personalities clicked, mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to to maximize that uh, that partnership. Yeah. So as we look ahead to uh, the Serbian national team, obviously this is a big year because you have Davis Cup, which starts next week. It doesn't start next week for Serbia because you guys have basically the buy into what, whatever they're calling that round the the finals. I think they're calling it, even though it's eight teams are left or whatever. Um, but. Are you going to be paying attention to the Davis Cup upcoming? And then as we look to the Olympics this year, is that something that you're hoping to be a part of again? Because, of course, you were in Rio. Uh, yes, to, to both. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, what, what can I say? It's it's just a privilege to be the part of this whole generation. Yeah. You know, earlier as a player, now as a as a coach. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's always such a such a good feeling that you're able to to, to add to that that uh, perfect or excellent successful uh, puzzle and the team right. and um, yes I'm looking forward to both um, you know Olympic Games and the Davis Cup Finals mm-hmm. and uh, if I, I, all of my friends and colleagues they know I'll, I'll always be uh, available and um, as representing your country mm-hmm. uh, with with such a group of, of athletes is, uh, is a privilege. Yeah. So as you look back on your career, both your playing and your coaching career thus far, what achievement would you say, and I know it's hard to make you pick one, so maybe take a few, what achievements are you proudest of from both of those? Um, I would say, I would say uh, as, as a player, um, I would just say I was really proud proud of my integrity mm-hmm. and the way I played, competed, and uh, 
representing myself and then uh, inevitably also my country and my family and um, I would say the same thing for for uh, being a coach mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm really I, I always try to, to be true to myself and um, uh, you know make the the, be- the the best difference that I can make mm-hmm. um, you know for myself and then also for teammates and for my players right there's no you know, uh, so I, I feel like as this is a journey and each of our success successes or failures um, are just a part of of that equation and and makes us who we are mm-hmm. and so I would like I would like to if I wouldn't tell you that uh, being a part of Novak's team w- winning Grand Slams uh, wouldn't be somewhere on the top top yeah. of the list yeah and, 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 uh, but again I, I think this whole journey I'm still enjoying it and uh, and it's still I try to to become a better person and mm-hmm. a coach and a mentor and a teacher every single day okay well Dushan thank you so much uh this has been great it's been great to have you on uh any last thoughts that you have about Serbian tennis or anything going on in the tennis world right now well I, I just hope this uh, uh success uh, keeps keeps uh, going mm-hmm. uh every year we we tend to have more and more eager talented hard-working players and good people uh, coming from from my country right and i just really really hope and pray uh, that will continue i'll do everything that is in my power um to to help them mm-hmm. and and also female te- female tennis we didn't talk much about it but right i also believe that there is talent there as well um, um and uh, mean also now spending more time in uh, in us in canada mm-hmm. um uh, i always try to 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 make a, a little difference in, in, in our sport. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dushan. Uh, as I said, this was great and you have a great rest of your day. Of course you too. And, um, bye to everybody else. <laughs> Listen. <laughs>